All right, guys, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I had some technical difficulties the first time. I literally recorded six minutes of talking, and I had nothing recorded. <laughs> so we'll try this again. But, yeah, guys, I apologize for the hiatus. It's been a while. And, yeah, like I said, in life, it's a two-way look at things. If you want to make something happen, you'll make it happen. If not, you're making this use. So uh, I have none. I'm an honest guy. You know, one thing I think you, the best thing you can give somebody is honesty. And I've been stacking off. You know, life kind of got in the way. So, but I'm back. I'm trying to do, do these more regular, uh, you know, regularly. I guess would be a better way to say that. Um, just give you guys some content. Just talk. You know, I have a lot to say. I, I, you know, I'm probably one of the most talking guys, I've, you know, that you'll meet. And I had a girlfriend I dated one time who said I talk more than most women she's met. Not to be a sex thing. That's a real thing she said. I'm still to this day not sure how to take that. But anywho, let's get right into it. Um, WrestleMania was this past Sunday. And I promise you this, if you're not a wrestling fan, this will not be a wrestling-dominated podcast. I'm going to literally just kind of go through some segments of things that happen in entertainment. And we're kind of rolling the sports, baseball, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but anywho, so WrestleMania was this past Sunday. Um, I thought it was a pretty good match. I know a lot of people kind of disappointed with some of the matches. But I, overall, I liked it, man. I mean, for, for instance... You had Charlotte Flair versus Oscar, and it was a good match, man. So you had like somebody who, in Charlotte Flair, her dad, Rick Flair, uh, you know, just the uh, the child of a legend, who's becoming a legend herself in the sport, uh, multiple time champion, SmackDown and Raw, and uh, going against somebody who hasn't lost in two and a half years. Now, the casual fan like myself would think, okay, well, I guess they're gonna give Oscar this big push. She hasn't lost yet. Um, she lost, you know, but it, you, unless you live under a rock, but you do this. Like, I'm not telling you anything you wouldn't know. So, like I said, plus SmackDown, like, came on last night, so you'd be okay. Uh, but, bro, I, I was pretty, you know, I was impressed with the matches, man. I thought everything was, you know, good to a T. The Shinsuke versus um, AJ Styles was a really good match. Uh, the Dave and Brian Shane and Man was a really good match. Um, the John Cena and Undertaker match was kind of weird. Like, I didn't, it was really quick that John Cena, quote, unquote, as a fan, which was weird, they kept cutting to him in the audience. Drinking beer from a cup that never moved, having the same amount of beer in it, but that's in the air, not there. Either way, um, it's a really good matches though. But I did not expect uh, Roman Reigns to lose to Brock Lesnar, and I thought, like a lot of people, like me, thought, man. I mean, I follow. I'm a casual wrestling fan. I follow four or five different Instagram pages, and there's guys, you know, who are in the know with character development behind the scenes things uh they get like little snapshots of guys kind of talking and stuff like that so you're going to see where you know the direction of this person's character is going so um a lot of people expect him to lose like to Brock to lose to roman to give roman the belt and i think that belt would have given roman the grand slam i think I, i'm trying to think if he's ever had the universal belt before i don't think he has and that would have been gave him the grand slam which of course means you've held every single belt with the net company so but now this kind of throwing it around, man. I mean, like everybody's had it. Like I thought it was a little more, like a little like like now it's, it's it's so much more frequent. I thought like maybe four or five guys did it, but I found out like 15 guys have been a Grand Slam champion. So yeah. Um, but overall, I was impressed with the show. But the cool thing is, I saw last night that Bobby Lashley has came has came back to Raw. That's the same brand that brought lessons on. And that 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 to me is a dream match. So a lot of guys like to say. You know, Shawn Michaels versus The Rock would have been a good one, or um, Triple H versus AJ Styles, or you know, whatever stuff like that. But man, listen, this to me, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar be a phenomenal match to me. It's really two really big guys who both literally fought MMA for a while and were really good at it. 
Um, it came back to wrestling now under the same brand. And I hope that if, if it goes from my mouth to someone's ears to the higher ups, please make this happen. Uh, you can just literally just put them in the ring and just ring the bell. Like, I, I don't need a lead up. I don't need any kind of backstage, whatever. Just let's just make that happen. All right. Like I said, I'm not going to make it crazy heavy on the wrestling side. So we'll kind of get into, uh, you know, the NBA. So I think for me, the coach of the year for me should be Dwayne Casey. I mean, this guy's been grinding for some, for some time now, man, with Toronto. But um, you make a case, of course, for Mike D'Antoni. He won it last year. And I think the one thing about sports fans, you know, you kind of get a war fatigue. You know, cause you can make a case for Tom Brady or LeBron every year being the MVPs, but that's just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you don't want to see the same person. You get, uh, you know, especially you just want to see that another guy come out of nowhere and make some plays and make something happen, you know, and not take over these guys' legacy. I feel like to me, these guys have done so much already that they're already first round locks, and that's just like giving a billionaire a million more dollars. Like, what do you, what, what's the point of this? Like, I'm, for what? Why? Exactly. So, basically, the goal is to get my eyes. I think the only slide against them is with Toronto always been the number one team. They just can't get it done, man. Um, DeMar is a great talent. Kyle Lowry is a great talent. Serge Ibaka is playing great. That's uh, the point guard play is really good, too. I can't think of the, the young man's name, but um, they're a pretty good team. They have the number one record in the East. That's saying something. Um, but I guess it's always that talk of everybody's good until playoff LeBron shows up and this guy is a freaking monster man. But um, even bigger news out the East, like Kyrie Irving going down for the year with having to have knee surgery. Um, that was that was that was pretty intense. I think for a lot of people, uh, they kind of broke the Celtics off. <sighs> okay, and I think write him off in the sense of winning, going to the conference finals. Hmm, I would say yes. Because, um, you know, are, in my mind, personally, I don't think they have enough pieces to even make that kind of push like that. So I would say yes in this instance. Um, I know, but they, don't, don't disrespect to the team. Jason Tatum's playing great to be a first-year guy. Jason Brown's playing phenomenal. Marcus Smart is back to playing defensively. Uh, Marcus Morris has played out of his mind, you know, and uh, – uh, Rogier is playing great as well. I mean, they have a really good team. It's just pieces. Air Bang's playing great. It, just look at experience, man, and the caliber players that you have on your team and the teams you're going to go up against. So, um, I think the East is pretty wide open. I mean, I, I know people say this every year with uh, the Eastern Conference that's walking apart to the bar. He goes to whatever, eight straight finals, nine straight finals. That may not be the case this year, man. I mean, there's some really good teams out here. Like, Philadelphia's looking phenomenal. I remember when the first season first started, everybody's kind of giving Joel and B kind of, you know, saying, trust the process, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming for guys. And a lot of people kind of wrote them off. I mean, it was, to be fair, it's kind of justified because a lot of teams, you know, he got hurt. You know, he came out of, well, Cash came when he came out of college. It's kind of like, he's a big man. So you got to kind of watch their progression as far as their injuries. I mean, he, had, he hurt his back a lot. So you got to kind of be careful with that. Then you had Markel Fultz with shoulder surgery. Then you had Ben Simmons, like, I think, break his ankles. I mean, it, it was just really bad things. But it's no, there's no way you're going to be a really bad team if you get the three number one picks at three years straight. So, um, they have a great team. They have a great team now. And this team is really making some noise. And Ben Simmons looks like, phew, I, first year LeBron was exciting because of what he could do. But this guy, Ben Simmons, is exciting because he's 
He's taller than LeBron, and he has LeBron's vision, but he has to develop a jump shot. And he didn't have to at this point. He's got some triple-doubles as a rookie. Um, speaking of rookies, Donovan Mitchell also is playing great. I, I like the... I like the shade going back and forth between these two guys. So I think somebody asked um, Ben Simmons the other day, uh, who has he been impressed in the other rookies? He says no. And, uh, you know, it's stuff like that. Like, you know, does he think he thinks he's 100% the rookie of the year? This is a Ben Simmons quote, right? So, to which, you know, now, as you know, like I said before, Ben Simmons wasn't the one pick, but he broke his ankle. And it's kind of like the same thing with Blake Griffin, um, the year he beat John Wall for the uh, for the rookie of the year. A lot of people look at it like if you're already in the league and you've been around basketball for that year, you should really be kind of freak of the year because you've been around the game. Um, but, hey, you know, that's when NBA works. It's kind of like being red-shirted in football. You know, you just have that time you're not playing, but you got to get exposure on life practice and things like that. So, uh, you know, yes. But Don Mitchell was showing yesterday. Now, he's an Adidas athlete. Ben Simmons is a Nike guy and that's enough to be said for a rivalry right there. Two of the top rising stars for a brand. And he had uh, Don Mitchell wore an Adidas sweatshirt <laughs> to the game yesterday that said uh, rookie. And he gave the, de- the definition like Mary Webster. So it's rookie up top dash uh, a person that's in his or her first year um, with a professional team. Now, emphasis on first year because that just means that, hey, like I just started playing here. This guy's been on this team for two years. Just eligible, eligible for year two um, coming off of injury. So, I think it's really funny, man. I, I want to see what Nike, <laughs> if they outfit Ben Simmons with some kind of like shirt, sweatshirt, or uh, some kind of Ben Simmons may do an Instagram post about it. We'll see. But I, I think it's fun, man. It's, it's pretty exciting. These are two very young talents that show a lot of potential. I mean, a lot of times you talk about 18, 19 year olds playing against like veterans and grown men. Like, it, it's no time for, you know, growing pains or the rookie wall or stuff like that. You have to, especially when you're like this highly how to hit the ground running. But it's always kind of this kind of guy that no disrespect comes from a lesser school and it always shows out. Because I mean, the way it's just set up in my mind is it's kind of, it's kind of to see the potential of a guy by the school he came from or the school the college he goes to. I, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. Because you see every year of the NCAA tournament, there's always a team that comes out of nowhere. You see a guy that's just dominant, whether he's a big man that can spread the floor or it's a two-guard or three um, or a small four that can really just get to the basket, shoot, and play defense. Might be like, oh, I never even knew this kid could. But it's always another guy that's, like, way ahead of him that played at some prep school that went to McDonald's All-Star game that went to this school. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's this it's a little setup in my, my eyes. You know, but that's fine with that. So, but anyway, so it should be exciting this year. Um, you know, I think we're getting back into college football, and I am a huge, 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 and it wasn't Donald Trump, huge uh, Georgia football fan. I'm excited. Uh, I know we lost to the draft. The Winslow Carter, uh, Isaiah Wynn, Javon Williams, Nick Chubb. Uh, Roquan Smith. I think we have a pretty good team here. A pretty cohesive unit of guys that are going to come in and make it, make some plays. And, you know, we still have Nicole Hartman, Brian Herrien. Uh, we got Justin Fields, who is the number one quarterback, period. Uh, you know, I thought it was fun to make him the number one dual threat quarterback. We made Trevor Lawrence the number one quarterback for just a pocket passer. I don't like that. I don't like the participation trophies of, okay, we're going to want this guy, Trevor Lawrence to be the guy, but this guy came in and blew it right away, so we're going to say, oh, he's the number one guy for this, he's the one guy for the, the you know, the dual threat guy, like, run, he can run and he can pass, so, 
either we'll see. Uh, we got a really good team. I'm excited this year. Uh, everybody seems to be focused, and you know, I mean, Kirby Smart is just proven to be that guy. You know, no disrespect to Mark, right? Because you know, it's just sometimes you got to kind of get a breath of fresh air, and, you know, make some make some changes. But um, other Georgia news: Jacob Eason, that's a lot of you guys may know, was you know the quarterback at Georgia. Third play against Appalachian State for the first game of the season. Now this is sophomore year. Had he come off a phenomenal rookie year? Uh, great pass to uh, touchdown interception ratio. He's hurt the third play of the game. He's out of bounds. Uh, the lineman for Appalachian State pushes him, hypertends his knee. He's down for a little while. And I hate to say it, man, but he got Drew Bledsoe because here comes Jake Fromm, who's just looking phenomenal, six four. Really big guy, you know, great arm, great vision, great timing in the pocket. And, you know, it was kind of a thing, you know, they won a game, they won two games, won three games, and, you know, Jacob's getting a little bit better. And we were still like, you know what, let's just kind of cover, you know what, let's kind of see how it goes. Let's just kind of like practice it out. And Jake Fromm won out, and we went to the national championship and lost in heartbreaking fashion. I wish there was something to kind of echo that when I said that, like heartbreaking fashion. <laughs> but anyway, man, so a crazy deep pass. Uh, an amazing way to end a football game, man. I, I don't think you just, even me being a Georgia fan, having that heartbreaking loss, it was a phenomenal game. Like, I take nothing against him. I think if Jalen Hurts saved in the game, which I want him to, that we had that championship locked. But, hey, you know, it just wasn't in our cards for that day. But I think we'll be back and better than ever from last year to move on that. So, uh, with that being said, guys, I think, you know, we're kind of coming to a close here. I'm not going to hold up too much more of your time, uh, especially being the first podcast back. I don't want to just go right into it with, you know, you go to school, you come off spring break, and teach go. I want you guys to be four chapters tonight. Oh, my God. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, man, thank you guys so much for listening. And I do have a, a new tag now. So I'm, like, really this introspective kind of guy, and I look at, Life is based on experiences, and based on those experiences, you make life what you make it. So a lot of people, sure, we don't all be in the same standing, but I, I do I do choose to believe you don't play the cards you dealt. If you don't let the cards reshuffle the deck. So with that being said, guys, life is only 99 summers. Make sure you spend your summers shining in the sun. With that being said, it's been one man, one mic. My name is Stephen Rashad Adams, and I'll catch you guys later. Have a great one.